Hey, everybody, I have an amazing guest today, Jim Core, guitarist from the band The Coors, a very, very popular Irish band. The Coors are from Dundalk, Ireland, and it's a family band. Caroline and Andrea were still attending school when Jim and Sharon began playing as a duo at McManus Pub, which was owned by their aunt. In 1990, Jim and Sharon added their younger siblings to form a quartet. The career took off in 1991 when they auditioned for the, the film, The Commitments, one of my favorite films. And I, I think two of your sisters had parts in The Commitments, right? Yes, that's right. Kind of blink and you miss it parts. Well, Andrea had a fairly substantial part. And, and in 1994, my aunt, U.S. Ambassador to Ireland, Jean Kennedy Smith, invited them to perform at the 1994 Fight World Cup in Boston after seeing them play at a gig at Whelan's Music Bar in Dublin. After an appearance in the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta, the Corps joined Celine Diane's tour. You've toured and played with you too, as Pavarotti, you've had platinum albums in many countries, all over 40 million albums, played in concerts all over the world. And this goes on and on and on. But I wanted to talk to you because the controversy you stirred up recently, which is about your refusal to take the jab. And Ireland is one of the countries where there's they're really kind of surprisingly a kind of totalitarian reaction to this pandemic. Talk to me about it, Jim. What was your evolution? And talk about the crisis you're going through today. It's an honor and a pleasure to talk to you, Bobby. And you've been instrumental in bringing vaccine awareness to worldwide attention with the amazing work that you've been doing. And I just want to say congratulations on your book, Getting to Number One in the Best Selling List. Thank you. <laughs> that is fantastic. I, I suppose my my awakening would have started possibly probably back in 2009 when I was getting increasingly distrustful and disillusioned with the mainstream media. And I was getting my information from independent sources, particularly talk radio in the US. And I was becoming con increasingly concerned with what I was learning with, in particular, the pandemics vaccine, which was just about to come to market in Ireland. And uh, I was so alarmed by what, what I was hearing on talk radio that I felt compelled to speak out publicly about it. So I went on national TV to speak of my concerns. And that was an interesting experience because it's funny, once you start to question the church of vaccination, that's when you, the attacks really start, as a, I'm sure you know yourself. Unfortunately, my, my worst fears were realised then when we learned of the injuries that were caused by the GlaxoSmithKline vaccine, the pandemics vaccine. Many people suffered as a result of this vaccine. And as we, we learned later that and the, the, the World Health Organization was accused of actually faking the pandemic in an effort to increase or, or promote vaccine sales for big pharma, and yeah, that, just to interrupt you for a second, the man who instigated that fraud was a young Oxford researcher who was being paid by Welcome Trust in Vietnam, and his name was Jamie Farrar. Hmm. He now is running the Welcome Trust, and he is the one who orchestrated the cover-up. He was the first person that Tony Fauci called when they realized that they were about to be exposed by the, when the coronavirus 
when his own researchers notified him that the coronavirus was laboratory generated, had genetic sequences on it that appeared to be engineered. The first person he called was Farrar, who now runs. He was the reward he was given for engineering that 2009 pandemic, which sold, I think, 16 million of of Glaxo's flawed, untested vaccines that these countries had to take because they had sleeper contracts. And they changed the definition of pandemic so that it didn't have to kill anybody. Exactly. So that they could force those countries to purchase Glaxo's vaccine. The Glaxo started the Wellcome Trust with a giant contribution of its stock. It's now the biggest pharmaceutical stock portfolio in the world. Farrar runs it, and he is the UK version of Bill Gates. And he was the person who orchestrated the initial cover-up that lasted now for a year, for one year before it began to fall apart on the Wuhan connection to the lab leak hypothesis. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but a lot of Americans don't know what happened in 2009. Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. And I I certainly subscribe to the, the lab leak uh, hypothesis that seems to be where it came from whether it was released on purpose or accidentally i i'm uh, hopefully we'll find out with a proper thorough investigation in time i didn't mean to interrupt you i'd love to hear the end of yours ag what happened in 2009 when it turned out that you didn't write all the time about warning people about pandemics yeah but of course that that's was that pulled that all over the world Yes, yeah. Well, well, that would mean that will never be acknowledged in the mainstream media, nor, nor what I expect it to be. But I came up against phenomenal attacks then at that point. You know what it's like. Of course, then history kind of repeat. Oh, yeah, it's, it's when I went public, then I had an awful lot of people contact me. I had a website up at that time, and an awful lot of people were contacting me, supporting me, and thanking me for speaking out and talking about their own vaccine damaged children. And with the amount of communication that I had from all of these people, I realized that vaccine injury was not the rare phenomenon that I had believed that it was. And in fact, then I learned from, from colleagues and from some friends that, that their kids had also been damaged from vaccines as well. So it was a very educational experience for me. And of course, then I started to look into the Gardasil vaccine and started to be, become very alarmed about that as well. Again, I did my best to try and warn the public about that, only again to be unfortunately proven right. We, we have at least 600 girls, young girls in Ireland were damaged by that vaccine, many of them with lifelong injuries. And now we have history repeating itself. So what's happened to you now? You're under attack all over Ireland. What's happened to your band? What's happened to your relationship with your sisters? Well, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a funny thing, but basically, in terms of in terms of a career, it's been all put on hold because of this COVID and because of the restrictions. I mean, we were supposed to be touring in Australia and New Zealand. It's been postponed again. We're hopefully going out in the third quarter of two thousand and two. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 the case in an awful lot of families. I think where one person wakens up to the corruption and they try to educate the other members of the family. And you know, some of the information might resonate, but a lot of it doesn't a lot of the time. But all you can do is try. You know, I just remember that my I have to be mindful of my own awakening. It didn't happen overnight. 
you know, it takes a lot of research. It takes time before you kind of make the switch into, ah, I, I, I get it now. So I understand people's hesitancy in getting what's happening. What's happening. And describe the attacks that you're getting in Ireland. What is it like when you walk the street, Al? <laughs> you, you, you probably are experiencing the same thing I have, which is you have a lot of people who really support you and a lot of people who do not want to see you. Uh, yes, that's, that is the case. To be honest, the media tend to leave me alone now. They attacked me ferociously for a period of time. And I read article after article, which is just full of misrepresentation. That's what they do. Also, you know, calling you names and misrepresenting your views and, uh, and outright making up stuff, you know, putting words into your mouth that you never that you never said and linking you in with other people's theories. This is what I was subjected to as well. You know, it's, it's character assassination. It's anything that they can do to prevent people from following your views. You know, that's the last thing that they want. So, yeah, I was subjected to a smear campaign, but I see it happening to other people as well. Anybody who raises their head above the paraffin, that's what they experience, unfortunately. Who else in Ireland or in Europe is doing what you're doing? I know that Eric Clapton came out. Van Morrison. Van Morrison is doing great work. In fact, he's written a couple of protest songs and he's been, I understand he's been meeting with Stormont here in an effort to try and get them to open up the entertainment industry, but that doesn't seem to be happening. He's been, he's been very good. There's been a number of bands, Right Said Fred in the UK have been very vocal. Ian Brown with the Stone Roses, he's been very vocal as well. There's been quite a few people, but unfortunately most celebrities, most artists are tending to keep quiet. And in fact, I see quite a few of them promoting these experimental vaccines, which is concerning. Uh, and what is it done? Talk about some of your personal relationships. My personal relationships? Yeah. Um, with, like, with, with, do you mean with my family? Well, family or friends, it's, I think people are curious what happens. Yes. Someone no, no. like you, when you do put your head above the parapet, what, what, yes. what happens? Well, you see, when the media does their character assassination, unfortunately, there's going to be a percentage of people out there that believe that. So, But I found that, to be honest, I did lose a couple of friends, but I gained so many more. I mean, the whole global truth community and the truth community in, in Ireland is wonderful. You know, and I met some of the most amazing people because you'll find that people that do speak out are, are of a certain sensitivity. So it's, they can feel what is happening. They care so much about humanity that they want to speak out, which is difficult for them because the attacks can be pretty severe. But I've met so many wonderful people through the work that I'm doing. What's your impression of the media characterization that everybody who's questioning vaccines is kind of a right-wing Trumper and racist nationalist and trying to put people in that carton? In that category. Yeah, it's, you know, if you question the vaccines, you question their, their safety and you point out the injuries that are occurring, that is what you will experience when you criticize the the Church of Vaccination. It's the way that the media operates. I presume it looks like the media is controlled pretty much by Big Pharma, incentivized by direct sponsorship or whatever is occurring, but it's difficult to get the word out. At least, uh, thankfully, we've got social media, even though it's censored very, very heavily. I'm banned off Twitter. I've had multiple 30-day bans on Facebook. 
and uh, purely for sharing good information from doctors and from nurses and from professors, but you, you're, you're not allowed to share the truth. It is concerning. I don't know what else we can do except just keep doing what we're doing and trying to get the message out best we can. And do you have any optimism about where we're going? Absolutely. I've got great optimism. And I, I do want to, first of all, I'll talk about the optimism in a second, but I do want to talk about one. There's been a tragic case in Ireland that happened on Friday the 13th. We had a young man of 23 years of age. He was a, a football captain from Waterford and he got the Janssen vaccine, which is Johnson & Johnson, on Friday the 13th. Almost immediately he got ill. His symptoms uh, worsened over the weekend. And then on Monday, he was brought to the hospital and he was put into an, an induced coma when they discovered a brain bleed. And tragically, he passed away on Tuesday, early Tuesday morning. His name is Roy Butler. Thankfully, his cousin and his aunt are speaking out on social media about this. But the mainstream media, they didn't mention vaccine at all, even though it's clear from his aunt and from his cousin that that's what's caused his death. So I'm hoping that that is going to further waken up a lot of people. What I'm optimistic about is that there is an awakening occurring. Uh, I understand that people, a lot of people are cancelling their, their appointments for their second jabs or whatever. And this is encouraging and encouraging looking at the demonstrations that are happening worldwide, particularly in the likes of France. And that gives me great hope. And what about Ireland? Is there resistance in Ireland at this point? There is resistance. Yeah, it's growing. I think it needs to increase. I understand that there is a demonstration coming up in Waterford very soon because of the death of that young man. Um, I think this is going to cause other people, hopefully, to, to start demonstrating and protesting as well, because it's really all that we got and, and trying to educate people about the dangers of these vaccines. Well, thank you very, very much for joining me and good luck on your journey. And thank you, thank you for your courage and for your leadership. Thank you so much, Bobby. It's been an honor and a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you.